0: This is hi, an introduction to a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. Wow. Wow. That
1: was the most mild intro.
2: <laughs> you know intro. what? I'm so proud of you. I don't you.
1: like it.
0: I think you should do another. That's
1: great. No. Take two. No, that was good.
0: Take two. Marker no. Beep.
3: And welcome Welcome. to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, fifth edition, Dungeons and Dragons adventure for all ages. I'm your Dungeon Master. My name is Paul. And tonight, I'm joined by a few uh, acquaintances that I uh, also know. Wow. (laughs) Have we met? Yeah, we've met. Oh. In passing. But who are you, for the people who are listening who may not know?
0: Oh, I'm Jeffrey, and I play Sir Vance Off the Wall.
3: Oh, you were, so I thought you were going to get it right this time. <laughs> I thought this was the time.
0: This, this was the it. time. I was wrong. I play Kjorg. Kjorg.
2: Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Mogert Stonefire.
0: Hi,
1: I'm Zach, and I play Chris. What's up? I'm Ezra, and I
3: play
0: Balric Nightbrain.
3: And we are going to play some Don Jones and Dragons. Who's Don Jones? Is he going to be here? <laughs> but... F- <laughs> but first, uh, a couple things we need to take care of up front for the use. Let me give a big shout out to our friends over at BattleBards who uh, are providing us with just the perfect amount of spice uh, for our game, Spicy. for our recordings, and they have plenty of spice prepared for you and your table if you want to check out BattleBards.com. Seriously, they have great sounds for gaming tables. Just
0: be careful. Yeah. If you add too much BattleBards, sometimes you just can't handle it. Sometimes it's just too much. It's just so spicy. Negative side effects,
3: you know, hard to digest. Anyways, go to BattleBards.com. They are awesome, and a lot of our sound effects and stuff that we use come from BattleBards. Go check it out, BattleBards.com. Oh, and also, if you love our show and want to support us, Go to patreon.com slash heroes. We have a lot of cool rewards up there, like early release episodes, uh, special recordings that are only released to patrons, uh, monomy Unwrapped, cool stuff. And you get to hang out with us on Discord and chat. And we would love to meet you.
2: Yeah, girl.
1: No, talk you don't. with you. You don't get to do uh, that.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, you do. Oh. It, just for $1. $1 <laughs> a month, you can be on the Discord. Anyway, do those things. Four quarters. And, 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 if you would like for us to read a five star review written by you live on the show. By you. All you got to do is go to iTunes or to Podchaser, what have you, and write us a review. You write us a five star review, we'll read it live on the air eventually.
0: And if it is just a period, then I will personally read it. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, forgo- I forgot. And whatever uh, happened to the six star reviews, that? man?
3: I forgot to mention that if you send us a blank review that just has a period in it, that uh, Jeffrey will improvise something for you. I don't think we want to hear
0: that, though. At the beginning of the show, you said that the podcast is a podcast for all ages. we got to keep doing this every time. Listen, okay? What age was
2: it? 17? 17. Ah, that's what it was.
0: If you're 17, turn it off right now. Get out
2: (laughs) of here. What What are you thinking?
0: 17 and a half, you're good.
2: Come back in a year or list.
3: yeah just like epic gamer vibes leave us a five-star review and we will read it this one is entitled high quality content mm. if you are looking for an amazing dungeons and dragons podcast this is the show it was typed out that way with periods after every word i myself have just started playing DD, and now i feel like an expert the players are spectacular you guys are the best and I really suggest you listen to it. Thank you so much, Epic Gamer Vibes. Thanks for checking out the show. And you know what? You're the best. Also, not just us. Although we are we the best?
0: Actually, I'm the best.
3: Jeffrey says he's the best. I am amazed. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true.
1: I mean, he is the people's champion. So
3: thank you, Epic Gamer Vibes. Thank you so much for the review. And now for the part of the show that you love. Let's roll this giant blue d20.
2: Oh, gosh.
3: Uh-oh. Thirteen.
1: I don't like that.
3: That is a thirteen. With a thirteen, let's see how things go for our players tonight.
1: Last time.
3: Last time, the four of you took your time settling in to Dimmerhold. Chris delivered the adamantine to Cliff, who then promised to try and secure him a trial invitation for the gauntlet. He, Zinx, and Zalbar then made their way toward the waxing Way Inn. Meanwhile, Kjorg, Juniper, Mogurt, and Smokey also crossed the city, heading toward the inn as well. Inside, they met the owner, Garla Goodrock, and made arrangements for all of them to stay together. Meanwhile, Balric had cornered a cut purse in a back room off from the beaten path. He interrogated the young man, discovering that he was indeed working with the Falcon. With new information on where to find him, Balric crossed town to the Eastern Crescent, meeting up with his new friends at the Waxing Way Inn. As they all settled into a night filled with orange juice and watermelons, Mogert Mogurt was challenged to an arm wrestling match by a towering half-orc named Olgrim, with her hammer, Turtle Rock, on the line. Although it was a difficult test, she reigned victorious, keeping her honor and her hammer. That's when a messenger arrived with a notice for both Kjorg and Ogrim, who were being summoned to the Gauntlet Arena. As Kjorg, Juniper, and Ogrim set out toward the lunar circlet, Balric and Chris slipped out quietly behind them, anxious to discover what important business these royal invitees might be up to. Kjorg. Hello. Hello. You and Juniper have departed from the Waxing Way Inn. You've turned to the side there, turned left, if you would, coming out from the inn. So yeah, if you were to head south and then you come to the place where you guys passed by all of those big dwarven statues from kings of yore, And then there was an area that was just kind of barren. It was just cleaned off. But I mentioned, I think last time, that it looked like maybe some stuff had been there recently, but it had been moved. It's like a big, wide, sort of like a street. When you reach that point, Juniper turns west and starts heading right toward the center of the city, toward the lunar circlet. And you can see, I mean, the moment that you step out onto this sort of flat area where there's really nothing, you can see clearly off far to the west this structure it is very tall it's kind of towering many stories high and it is circular in structure and it is it's an arena i mean it's an it's an enormous coliseum type arena and it is some distance away from you all and the two of you start walking in that direction as you do you go up a sort of incline it's like a staircase And it is as it's just like a it goes all the way around the city, all the way around this level, the Moonlight Sanctuary. There is this ring, if you could say it that way, of the city that is a staircase that leads up. And the two of you go up this staircase and you step onto the most pristine and perfect looking stone floor you've ever seen. It is like pure white marble, but you can see up ahead that there are designs. Not carved; they're they're made into the floor, where the floor changes from white to this purest black obsidian. Uh, but from where you're at, the thing that catches your eye the most, of course, is your destination, which is way ahead of you. This enormous coliseum slash arena that looks mostly done. But appears to also be still somewhat under construction. And now that you're up this big staircase and onto this sort of marble floor of the city, this you know, think like streets, but it's not so much a street, it's just as far as you can see ahead of you. It's just this clear, perfect, not clear, but this perfect, flat, flawless stone floor. You can see other people. There are some other figures that are coming from different places around the city. Have you ever been to anywhere like the Midwest um, or certain places where when you drive you can see for just miles and miles and miles because the land is so flat? No. Well, that's kind of like how <laughs> it is where you're at right now. You can see all the way across to the buildings and the quote city part of Dimmerhold of the Moonlight Sanctuary. What you would assume is the other crescent, the western crescent where you've been in the eastern crescent you can see the buildings rising up over there what about the western crescent between where you are now and there there's there's nothing but just perfectly serene and clear floor except for in the center of this perfectly circular place and that is this enormous arena and you do because it's so flat and because you there's very few things to obstruct your vision you can see other people also heading in that direction not a lot of people but a fair amount of people a few dozen Maybe, a couple dozen. So, as you're walking that way, you and Juniper, do you say anything?
0: What's this all about?
3: I really don't know, honestly, Kjorg. Um, it's kind of strange. From what I understood, the um, the royal invitees such as yourself and apparently Ogrim, who we just met, um, were supposed to report to the the arena in, in, in 2 days that would be the the launch proper and I, I mean i guess i expected they would kind of reach out to you guys between now and then but the messenger kind of seemed like it was like important like like an emergency or or did you not think so
0: it seemed like an emergency
3: yeah i, I don't i don't know hmm it could well it could have something to do with that weird storm going on outside i guess storm Yeah, like the winter storm that we rode through, Georg.
0: Oh, that was a storm?
3: Yeah, no, yeah, that was very... I mean, I forget, you've never really been up here. Yeah, I mean, you know, they get snowstorms and stuff, but something like that is pretty rare that far south. You know, you go north of the mountains and you might see more of it, but um, especially around the gauntlet, you know, it's such a holy time, a time when Der is under such reverence, it's surprising that something like that would even happen. Hmm. But, I mean, I guess we'll know soon enough.
0: Oh, there was that weird wolf, too.
3: Right. It it spoke to you, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of things like that, you know, beasts that can speak like that and things, but still, it, it, it is strange, so maybe it has something to do with that. Or maybe not. Maybe they just want to, you know, meet and greet all of the royal invitees, but I guess we're going to find out. Uh, You guys keep walking forward, and you can see the walls of this arena coming up, rising up before you. And it is recently built. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is crafted from stone, um, but it it is a new construction. It looks very clean, but also like it was made very quickly. And around it, there are numerous of these sort of tall, arched gateways that have gates that are closed... Uh, or at least they would be closed. Right now they're actually opened a small bit for individuals to step through, but you imagine that when it's the time of the actual gauntlet that it will be swung open wide for anyone who wants to come in. So you guys, after some time walking, you get closer, and like I said, you do see some other people. Uh, You see some others who are traveling from other directions across the city making their way here, some close by you, some far away from you. And pretty soon, after some time walking, you are coming up on the arena itself. So, Chris. Yeah. What exactly are you and Balric doing?
1: Honestly, I'm just trying to be nosy. Mm, yeah.
3: No, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, like, how are you going about what you're doing? Like, you're, you're trying to follow them. You want to find out what's going on. Um, so are you trying to keep your distance? Are you, what are you doing?
1: I'd say probably try to keep distance. Yeah, that'd be the best um, route. Until they come to a standstill, then maybe try to get up a little closer behind them.
3: Okay, so you you know, you see them sort of turn and make their way toward the lunar circlet. And you were there when they got the message, you know they're supposed to report to the arena, like the arena for the gauntlet. So you know where they're going, but are you trying to make sure they don't see you? Yes. Oh, okay. So, maybe the two the two of you are you discussing that as you yep. make your way,
0: Chris. What's the plan here?
1: It's easy. Stay back far <laughs> enough; we don't get caught. Uh, okay. Lead the way. But just in case we do, smack him with the sock. Uh, no, just don't get caught. Okay. <laughs> and then while we're talking, I'm gonna reach into my pocket. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pull out this blue stone and I'm going to kind of look at my left hand, take my glove off, and then I'm going (laughs) to, I'm just going to like shove it into my wrist. Okay. And for a moment, you kind of see the illusion of real skin fade away. The stone snaps into place and then the illusion of real skin takes back over.
0: I watched this happen, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, you would see that happen. Yes.
0: Yeah. You saw well, what was that fanciness going on there? Magic. Which hand was it? Left. Left. How did you come across something like that? I made it. You made it?
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of my thing. It's what I do. That's cool. Eh.
3: What happened to your hand?
1: Eh, we won't talk about it.
3: Uh, stealth checks, both of you. Quick. Oh.
1: Oh my gosh! 18 plus
3: 10. So 28.
1: Mine is a natural 20 plus whatever my stealth is. Oh my gosh.
3: Chris rolled in that 20. Yeah. I rolled an 18, so it was
0: close. You know what dice I used? Your blue one over here, dude.
3: Um, So you're both like stealth and like crazy. And the funny part of it is, like, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> Just walking down. <talking. laughs> lo- like on the lunar circlet. There's really nowhere to hide. But you two sort of manage to, at all times, stay out of Kjorg and Juniper's peripherals. You know? You follow, like, at the perfect distance behind them and at an angle to where they don't ever see you in a way that they would recognize you. As you guys are also moving toward the arena, you can see multiple figures uh, traveling that way. And I also want to mention, like, it is now dusk the sun is setting and with the clear the you know bright clear blue stone above you that allows the sunlight to pass down through the sort of glow of the moonlight sanctuary has changed rather than being this like super bright light that just permeates the whole area now it's begun to take a little bit more of a like muted tone it looks kind of like that moment when you can't see the sun but you can still see thing everything Very clearly, but you also can't see the moon. That's kind of where you're at, and the glow is not like the orange or red that you would usually see from a sunset. It is like a like a blue. Yeah, it's like kind of like twilight. It's a blue color. Cool. Um, And it is the effect on the city from where you guys are standing is truly just it's beautiful. You all continue forward, and you see others who have reached the arena. And as they reach the gates, they just step inside. There doesn't seem to be anyone there, like, you know, checking for tickets or anything like that. It's just kind of people are walking up and people seem to know at the very least what they're doing or where they're going. And as you guys reach the arena, what do you do?
0: Walk on in, boy. How many doors is there? Is there like secret, like, is it just one big door? There
3: are multiple gates from multiple directions. Hmm. The question is, uh, it's real simple. Are you guys walking straight in, or are you going to try and sneak and hide somewhere and just watch where no one can see you?
1: If I see that nobody's asking for tickets, I'm walking in the door.
3: Yeah. You walk right in.
1: Yeah. If nobody's asking for proof, I'm going in the door right behind the big group.
3: No one seems to be asking anything. It's just people who all seem to kind of have the same goal, which is get to the arena because we were summoned. So you step in. You go inside the arena. Mogurt. Hello. You're still back at the Waxing Way Inn. Yep. Kjorg and Juniper have left, reacting to the summons that Kjorg received. They're going to check things out. Chris and Balric have also disappeared. You assume they're probably going and sneaking and trying to find out what's going on. You and Smokey are still here, along with Zinx and Zalbar. You've still got like food and snacks, and people are still talking, and people are still, you know having an ale and enjoying a good time inside the tavern. Things are kind of winding down for the moment, but uh, what are you doing? What are you doing?
2: Mm, Should probably just talk to them for a little bit and then probably just go up to her room. Okay. So what brings you two to Dimmerhold?
3: Oh, well, you know, um, just some work we had, Zinx says, um, taking a drink of her orange juice, you know, this is some really good orange juice.
2: I know. I've never had it before now.
3: Zalbar leans up, and, and when he does, you can kind of see that he's a little off balance. Oh. And he says, have you tried any of these watermelons? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, uh, no, I have not had any of that.
3: <laughs> Zalbar, are you, are you drunk? Zalbar kind of like leans back and he he slowly turns his head and looks over at her. He kind of lays his head on his own shoulder. All I've had is orange juice and these delicious watermelons.
2: So Mogurt's <laughs> going to grab one of the watermelons and mm-hmm. smell it?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, stout oh. liquor.
2: Where did you get these?
3: Uh, from the barkeep. They brought them to the table. Who? Georg had one. They're delicious. Uh, n- taste it. He picks one up, and it's like a slice. He's like, taste it, and just shoves it right into your face.
2: She just pushes his hand out of the way. No, thank you. No, no, no,
3: no. Dude, you got to no, taste it. Yeah, no. just a little taste it. No. Taste it.
2: <laughs> what is <laughs> no, no. Taste
3: it. Salbar, please. Well, I'm just saying, you know, new experience. It's delicious.
2: No. I've had seven. Whoa. (laughs) 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 No, no, thank you. I need to be ready for the fight in two days.
3: Garla, the uh, barkeep, the inn and tavern owner, Garla Goodrock, she comes back over to you all. Oh, I see you've been taking part in those watermelons, have you, my dear? And she kind of pats... Zalbar on the shoulder and he does that same sort of weird thing he, he lays his head back against the chair and then turns over looking at her he's like yes uh, and my compliments they are delicious and she says ah I think maybe you've had a bit too many mm-hmm. you see what we do the trick for these it's, it's a it's a classic dwarven uh, recipe you take fresh watermelons and you just dump a whole bottle of liquor down into one of them, whatever liquor you choose. Uh, and that's some pretty stout stuff we put in ours. So your little gnome body, I think, maybe isn't uh, built up for resisting that sort <laughs> of uh, alcoholic uh, concentration, is it, little man? And she kind of pats him on the shoulder again. I'll have, you know, I can hold my own. <laughs>
0: Yep, he's holding him.
2: I don't think so.
3: Zink stands and she goes over and she kind of puts her arm around his, well, she puts his arm around her shoulder and she says, I think maybe we'll retire him for the night. Uh, Mogert, would you would you want to help me get him up the stairs? Sure.
2: Mogert just, like, carries him like a baby.
3: <laughs> you just pick him up yeah. uh, uh, like a little baby. He just lays his head over on your shoulder.
2: Better there.
3: I'm telling you. Those watermelons are I know. delicious.
2: I know. Come on, Smoky.
3: And uh, the four of you make your way up the stairs. Actually, uh, Garla goes with you and she takes the keys with you. She gives them to you and shows you the two rooms side by side uh, that, that are for Juniper. But obviously, you're all staying in tonight. And she admits you into them. They are very nice. There are... They're actually suites that connect with like a connecting door. Uh, Someone say there's probably about four beds in there. Two beds in each of the rooms uh, that are kind of they're not in their own separate rooms, but they're separated Mm -hmm. by like you know a partition or something like that. There's also like a little couch there. There's a little table for dining, a little a couple little chairs and things like that. So there's a place where you can easily lie them down like on the couch if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Mogert.
2: You're, you're, very <laughs> you're very
3: strong. You're very strong. I know. Strong. Strong.
2: <laughs> Paul, I can't do it.
3: You're very strong. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: what is
0: going this
3: on is like. This uh
2: What is happening? This is like Newt all over again. Uh, but it's opposite. You're
0: very
3: strong. He, uh, he kind of rolls over and uh, you hear him hiccup once and then he seems to just be <laughs> unconscious. Wow. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for for your help getting him up here. I know it's kind of early, but I am actually really tired.
2: Same. I have some things I need to do before, yeah, before I go to bed. I, need, I have a couple things I need to take care of.
3: Yeah, you need some help.
2: No, no, just some meditation, you could say.
3: Meditation. Yeah. Oh. Sh- I, I didn't take you for a magic user. Are you a cleric? or No, a...
2: no, oh, I'm not. Okay. But well, Mogert, you know. well, the Stonefire Clan, Gertie, she created, pretty much birthed the Stonefire Clan.
3: Oh, sure, sure, yeah. All the clans started, had to start somewhere, you know.
2: And I, I just want to thank her for helping me tonight.
3: So is she the matriarch? I guess she's the matriarch of your clan. Then.
2: Right, right, yes. Oh,
3: interesting. Well, I'd love to hear more about her sometime. Oh, sure. Um, but, yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, listen, when you're done, if you want, I may have some uh, some snacks brought up.
2: All right. We I'll head over. Out, yeah.
3: Eat some snacks.
2: I love snacks. Smoky does, too.
3: Okay. Well, um, good luck with your meditation. Thank you. You go out and go into the other room, I guess? For now. Okay. As you go into the other room, Kjorg... You and Juniper have now entered into this enormous arena, and as you have, you are now seeing sort of what this place is. The ground is no longer stone as you've stepped through the big gates and through these sort of stone uh, tunnels that lead out to the arena. And there's a little, uh, like kind of like a not really a fence, but sort of like a fence, like a barrier. You have to sort of step over that leads into the arena. The arena has been crafted in a very specific way there is a sort of turf that covers the ground but it's like a dark silver color and you can see now inside you can see some of the like seats that are high up around you in this coliseum type place are still under construction but it looks like it's almost done and as you all step in and all these other figures are stepping in here's what you see you see the turf ground that spreads out big circular arena And right in the middle of it, there is an enormous statue. And you hear Juniper say, oh, there it is. And walking toward it, it's huge. I mean, it's like 15, 20 feet tall. Huge. And it is a statue uh, that is carved from a pure white marble, but it has like this silvery white metal swirling throughout it. The figure of this statue is stoic. His eyes serious and he has hands coming forward rested hand over hand on top of the end of a long-handled war hammer with its head resting on the ground between his enormous stone feet. On his forehead, the symbol of Dervetter is shining. And when I say shining, I mean literally it's glowing. And actually as you're walking forward now you can see above you the crystal ceiling is now starting to glow with a sort of pale haze of moonlight and as the moon is now visible above you and it's a slender moon it's just a couple days away now from a new moon you can see that this light is shining down like a beam from the crystal above you wherever the moon is above you there is a beam of moonlight that shines directly down through the crystal ceiling onto the ground and you can see that it is now shining perfectly in a circle down on one side to the far left of the arena where you've stepped inside Standing at the foot of this enormous statue, which is up on a sort of raised dais, is a dwarf. He looks kind of grizzled and uh, war-torn, you know, he's got scars on his face from what looks like many battles. He's an older man. His hair is mostly white with pieces of dark gray mixed in, same for his beard, and he's wearing full chainmail with a symbol of Dravetter on his chest. And as you all approach, you can see now there's, a, like I said, somewhat of a crowd beginning to gather. And of course, a few moments after Kjorg and Juniper come inside and see all of this, so do Balric and Chris. Of course, the two of you, I'm assuming, kind of try to stay back a little bit and place yourself in a position where Kjorg wouldn't easily spot you.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: You come forward and there are many different figures. You see Ogrim up there, kind of toward the front. His arms cross that big lion-headed axe on his back. You see Kjorg. You see some elves, dwarves. You see other half-orcs. You see humans. You see one or two halflings, even. You see a number of figures. Uh, Kjorg, are you looking around, too, and kind of trying to scope the place out? Yes. Okay, you're looking around, and you see similarly. You see see Ogrim, the half-orc that was back there. You see... Some dwarves who seem to be decked out in very fancy armor. You see an elf standing off to one side. He's got like a dark green cloak. Uh, He looks a little bit out of place, you know, Um, but he, he appears to probably a wood elf, maybe from around Fallen Grove. You're not sure. You see a, another dwarf, he is wearing like really dirty clothes. They're like covered in dirt, like maybe he's been rolling around in some dirt. His beard is, is very dusty and his face, even though his skin is, is kind of a, you know, a dark tan, it looks like he's got patches of just like dust and dirt still on his face, like he hasn't had a bath in a while. You see a number of these sort of colorful figures uh, from all around you, and they're all just sort of standing around looking forward at the statue and waiting. And after a few moments, as the crowd sort of gathers together, and it seems like maybe no one else is coming in, the grizzled-looking warrior standing up on the dais clears his throat. (coughs) Welcome. Welcome, Welcome, friends, to to the Arena of the the Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Um, I'm thankful thankful that you took the the time time to answer this summons summons that was was given given to you by by the King of Demerhold Demerhold himself. himself. And, and I'm, I'm sure, sure you're, you're wondering, wondering what it is we've, we've called, called you out, you out here for. for. There are a few sort of words of assent and agreement and different things. My, My name, name is Volric, Volric Blackfist. Blackfist. I'm the head I'm of the King's, King's personal guard, and I'm here uh, to, to welcome, welcome you, first of all. Welcome, welcome to Demerhold. I know, know that, that you're excited about the gauntlet. gauntlet. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, assuming that all of you, have, you registered have registered, or else our messengers wouldn't have known your names for sure. To bring, to bring you here. here. If, if you've, you've not, not yet registered, registered, then well, I'd, I'd recommend, recommend you do, you do so, so first thing in, in the morning. morning. But anyway, well, that's, that's not why we're well. here. I, I've, I've called, called you about some urgent business. I'm, I'm sure, sure many, many of you, you may know, known, and some, some of you, you may have even seen. Uh, there seems to be some sort of storm has taken the terrain. By, by storm. He laughs. Kjorg, does that Kjorg laugh? Does Kjorg laugh like that? Yes. Like sarcastically?
0: No, he wouldn't laugh sarcastically. He'd probably actually laugh. He laughs for <laughs> real.
3: He's the only person who laughs. And you see Volric kind of give you a little bit of a squinty uh, nod, grin. Well, well anyway, the uh, yeah. storm it's is quite, quite bad out, out there, there, and it's, it's very strange for this time of year, year especially, especially as, as we're coming up on the winter solstice, solstice yeah, here in just, just over two weeks. weeks.
0: But anyhow, regardless,
3: here we are. And with that storm, it would appear, or at least there are rumours, that there are beasts roaming the forest and around the mountains. Wolves, reports of wolves all over the place, and rumours of even other more nefarious beasts.
0: Like this one, I show my pelt.
3: You hold up your white pelt?
0: Yes. Oh, oh I see. I see. You've, You've come, come in contact, in contact with, some with some of the wolves, wolves yourself, yourself, have it? you? It spoke to me.
3: You see some people like murmuring and they turn and look at you. And, and what's, what's your, your name?
0: name? I'm Kjork. The people's champion <laughs> That was a long one. Wow.
3: You see all of them sort of like turning and looking your way. Ogrim kind of gives like a nod, like mm, yes. And you see a couple of people chuckle and kind of like whisper under their breath.
0: (laughs) Ah, well, Well, welcome, welcome, Kjork.
3: Uh, You
0: you say say that it spoke
3: spoke to you in in the the common common tongue.
0: tongue. Yeah. Uh, Well, what did it say again?
3: uh, I can't remember. You have come here to die or something. Yeah, something like that. It's something aggressive.
0: That That is strange.
3: strange. Well, (laughs) it would appear some of the rumors we've heard, heard, perhaps there's there's more truth truth to them than we had hoped. uh, we believe something strange is going on. Probably someone of some intelligence is uh, orchestrating this thing. Perhaps some powerful mage has summoned this storm. We really don't know, but
0: we'd like to ask for your help.
3: The, uh, the wood elf that's a few feet away from you to the right with the green hood pulled down over his face, uh, where you can just kind of see the bottom half of his face, He he uncrosses his arms, and he speaks up. Well, that's all fine and well, but what does any of that have to do with us? We're not for hire. We're here for the gauntlet. When he says that, there's a few voices like, you know, kind of like agreeing with him, nodding. Valric looks, um, in a word, angered by that statement. You You may may not be be for hire, Master Elf. But but if you, you hope, hope to, partake to partake in the, the gauntlet, gauntlet then, then you'd be best, best to keep, to keep your, your ears open and your, your mouth sh- closed. And uh, kind of gets quiet as he gives like a sort of cold stare at the elf. Now, now give an salute and show respect. His, his Majesty, Duron, Duron Shattershield, Shatter-Shield King, King of Dimmerhold, Lord under the, the mountain. mountain. And he steps up backwards uh, to the side and he takes his hand. And he brings it up to his lips with a fist and then crosses it over his chest. And stepping up uh, onto the platform, beside him comes another dwarven figure.
0: Jorg takes his fist and, like, touches his forehead with it and then puts his fist on his stomach. Like, he, d- he, d- he didn't really catch all <laughs> that. He not really level. know what
3: to do, <laughs> but he's doing his best. <laughs> uh, good, good, good. Good. <laughs> This figure uh, steps up, his hair is pulled back in a tight bun like toward the back of his head, black with silver mixed in. On his head is a silver white crown, thin but ornate. He's clothed in deep navy, like deep navy blue, like midnight blue robes with silver trimming and the symbol of Dervetter is shining on his chest. He steps up turning toward the crowd and he begins to speak. Welcome, welcome friends, <sighs> welcome, welcome travelers. travelers. I am, I am Duron Shattershield, King, King of Dimmerhold. Of the and, and it's I who's uh, summoned you here today. I'm, uh, I'm thankful, thankful that you take, take the time, time to come. I don't, don't count, count it, it uh, small that, that you would take, take the time out of, of your lives, of your take the risk, risk of coming to participate in our gauntlet, our gauntlet and, and, and I can I understand, understand your frustration. I realize, I realize that, that you've, you've been called out, and it's a bit confusing. And, and I, I can understand, understand why you'd wonder what, what exactly it is, is that we want from you, from you. but I, I can guarantee you, with certainty, with Sir Elf, we plan to uh, to, give to give you reward, reward for your work. May I ask, what is, is your, your name? name? The elf uh, pulls his hood back. He has dark brown skin and dark hair. With his hood pulled back, you can see his eyes gleaming in the moonlight. My name is Sorin, and... It is um it is an honor to be here, your majesty. Durand gives him a nod. If If you are are willing willing to help with this this matter, matter, then then we are willing willing to reward reward you. In fact, fact, we we have decided, decided, he says, turning to Volric, to to make make this this the the first trial of the the Gauntlet. And at that there is some like sort of exclamation around the crowd. By the way, Balric, you and Chris are here. You guys can hear all this, you know exactly what's going on. For, for those, those of you who, who have, have royal summons, this, this will be your first, first task. Of, of course, course tomorrow, tomorrow we have, have the, a, r- the uh, lowest, lowest level of tryouts, of tryouts for those, those who have come just to sign up with their own merit, and then, then the, the next, next day we're to have, have the uh, tryouts with, with the winners from there, from there along with those, those who have trial invitations. invitations, but for, for you, this was meant to be a couple days of rest, but instead, I would ask that you go out into the wild. We need to clear out these wolves and whatever other beasts might be waiting out there. And if we can find out what's causing this storm, well, that's even better, but I can tell you this. If you'll go, then you'll have the opportunity to gain yourself some special rewards during the gauntlet. Uh, A leg up, if you will. We will be ranking those who participate in this trial based on how many kills you get or if you were to discover information about what's really causing the storm, or perhaps defeat whatever nefarious will or nefarious thing, if there is something even to defeat that could be doing this, we really don't know. But you who have royal invitations are among the elite warriors on all the land of Monumi and are asked if you would that you go out first thing in the morning, at sunrise, set out, kill as many of these evil beasts as you can, Make it, Make it a safe travel, travel for, for those folks who are still, still trying, trying to reach the city. city. We've, We've sent our clerics out, but they're stretched thin. We need your help. If you'll, you'll do, do this, this, as I said, there'll be a reward. There'll be... be. <laughs> well, well let's, let's just say, say that, that in the days, days to come, come for the gauntlet, the gauntlet, you're, you're going to need all the help that you can get, and this is a great opportunity to put your best foot forward. What will you say? Ogrim pulls his axe off of his back and he holds it high up over his head your majesty I will be more than pleased and honored to serve our god and this city in such a way Duron kind of chuckles <laughs> thank,
0: thank you, you Ogrim, Ogrim. I knew I'd have, have your, support. your
3: support and after he does that if you see a few others raising their hands and giving uh, you know voice to their willingness to participate they are agreeing to help does Ciorg do anything?
0: What are we waiting for? <laughs> well, um,
3: uh, I, would I would recommend, recommend that, you that you wait until the morning for a couple, couple reasons, Kjork. Uh first, first of all, it's dangerous, dangerous out, out there at night. At night. I, don't I don't know, know what, what to tell, to tell you, you, but it's, it's bad. It's, it's hard, hard to see during the day. day it's even worse at night. And, and it's, it's, it's evening. evening. And we're, we're running up on the end of the day now. It's, it's important, important that, you, that you, get you get your rest. rest. So, so please, please rest, rest of the night. I know, I know that you're gung-ho and ready, ready to go. Rest of the, the night, if you will. Also, I would
0: recommend, recommend that you not go alone, alone,
3: he says, looking out. And you hear someone he scoffing and someone alone, alone, from the crowd. No, no seriously. If, if these beasts are intelligent, as here says they are, and, and if there are other forces at work, there's no telling what you might face. Put together a team. a team. In, in fact, if, if you happen to know any, any of those who have, have trial invitations, or, or, or just that are planning on trying up tomorrow, who you trust, or who, who you've brought you, with you, and you'd like to take them on this mission, mission. well, you we have, have our permission, permission to, to do so. so. And, and if, if they, they participate, participate and help out, we'll give them access and roll right into the gauntlet when you return.
0: But I will tell you this, the gauntlet will
3: begin proper here inside the city in two days. Two days, noon, Not Not tomorrow, tomorrow, not the next day. day, Noon, the the next day. day. So So you've got got to be back back here here for that if you you want to participate. So please, be careful. And that That is all, he says, kind of clapping his hands together. Welcome Welcome to to the the Gauntlet gauntlet of of the Moon. moon. There are a number of, like, cheers, honestly. Some people are really starting to get amped up. People are sort of cheering from around the place. and, And everybody sort of turns and starts to leave. Juniper turns to you.
0: Wow. May the best Kjorg win.
3: <laughs> you get some. You get a couple of people laughing, and some people kind of look your way, and Juniper, like, elbows you in the rib. Kjorg, come on. Uh, you turn around, Kjorg. Uh, let me ask you a question. Are Chris and uh, Balrix still in the room? They're still in the arena? I was actually going to walk up to Kjorg. Okay, so that's fine. So, Kjorg, as you're kind of, like, looking around, turning around, you see... Two familiar figures walking your way. (laughs) Uh Aha! Juniper puts her hands on her hips. You're ready to join my team. I'm in. How did I know that you two were going to try and sneak in here? We just met, and already I've got you two picked.
0: (laughs) I hold my arm out for a, you know, like a bro. Like the meme Mm -hmm.
3: with Arnold. Flexing arm crap. I go for it. George, signature handshake?
0: Yes. We both do it on the same arm.
3: (laughs) Yes. Okay, um... (laughs) <laughs> you you guys sort of, you know, are grabbing arms, I guess, and, and uh, Juniper's like, uh, okay, uh, so I guess, well, I was going to say that you weren't really supposed to be here, but, I, you know, now you already know, and I'm sure Kjorg was going to ask you to go with him. Or were you, Kjorg?
0: Why do you think that just was? <laughs> I know.
3: <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, we should probably get back to the inn and get some rest.
0: Yeah, I'm a little tired.
3: Yeah, me too. Uh, Well, it's a a decent walk back, so uh, let's go. Man, the king is a really, really nice guy, isn't he? Very, very very welcoming, very um, personable, you know? I guess. Jorg, you say that you kind of, you know, involuntarily, you just kind of glance back uh, toward the statue. Maybe as she said the king's name, it just kind of made you do that without really even meaning to, when you do, you, um, you notice something. You notice someone standing on the far side of the lunar circlet uh, just where you can see them. And I told you that that like, moon beam is kind of coming down and that the farther and higher the moon gets in the sky, the closer that beam gets to the center of this arena. And you don't necessarily know that. But it's, it's moved since you guys have been here. It's moved forward some. And the moonbeam, you can see it shining down. It is fallen on a particular point far on the other side of the statue in the lunar circlet. And where it has fallen, there is someone standing right smack dab in the middle of that beam of light. It is a very tall figure. And when I say tall, I mean taller than you. How tall is Cork? Seven feet tall?
0: Yeah, I, th- I want to say he's right at seven
3: feet. Right at seven? He's like six... Yeah, he's, he's close to seven feet. He's very tall. Even for, for a half work, he's enormously tall. This guy probably has a solid foot on you. Hmm. He's taller than grip. This tall, towering figure is standing there. His arms hang still, almost limply down at his sides. His shoulders are all kind of slumped forward just a little bit. Over seven and a half feet tall. And on his face, there is this mask. It's like a solid piece of iron, black as coal, with two small holes at his eyes and slits carved into the mouth. You can't see his eyes. You can see his armor. You can see his height. You can see his mask. But from where you're standing, it looks like he's staring right at you. Whoa.
0: I walk over there. Oh, He's far um, away
3: from you. You see him, and you start to, to walk in his direction. Yeah. You do. Juniper grabs your hand. She's like, Kjork, where, where are you going?
0: Someone's looking at me. Who? That creepy guy over there.
3: You turn and look back at him, point toward him, but there's no one there. I
0: knew it. Oh, man. Of course not. Hmm. That creepy guy that was there.
3: Creepy guy. What sort of creepy guy? Did he have like two faces?
0: No, he was much taller than me.
3: Oh, that is creepy.
0: And no face.
3: No face. Just like a blank face. Yeah, that is creepy. Let's go. We need. To, uh, let's get back to the inn. <laughs> <laughs> Korg, are you making this up? You know I get freaked out easily. I don't. Don't freak me out. Korg, are you messing with me? No. She kind of like shivers. let's go. come on, l- let's go. Chris, you and Balric both can kind of glance in that direction and yeah. you don't see anyone either. Yeah, you all make your way back toward the end. Mogurt. Got it You are in the room at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's practically identical to the one that Zinx and Zalbar are in now. two beds, couch table, etc, etc. You and Smokey go inside, and Smokey, of course goes and hops right up on the couch.
2: Uh, she closes the door
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so Smokey's up on the couch mm-hmm. and he's probably staring right at her. So she's facing the door and she closes it. Uh-huh. And she slowly turns around and mm-hmm. looks at Smokey.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The Great mogurt Stonefire. And she takes off her turtle shell and lays it on the bed. Mm-hmm. And she kind of jumps up next to it. Did you see that arm wrestling?
0: Oh, wow.
2: Hey, that was some great arm wrestling. Well, hmm. well, I don't know if you noticed. And she goes over to Smokey and puts her arm around his neck. Mm-hmm. Did you see any signs of Gertie?
3: He just looks up at you, kind of like turns his head to the side.
2: She starts patting him on the head. Well, she helped me, and I know it, and Turtle Rock is still ours. Even though, and she goes and jumps on the bed and, like, puts her arms behind her head and lays on her back. Mm. Even though it was a close one.
3: Whoa. He kind of, like, does that thing that dogs do where they stand up and walk in a circle to pat down their area they're going to lay down in. And then he just, like, lays down in it and, like, his head's hanging off the side of the couch but his eyes are closed mm-hmm. and he's drooling
2: <laughs> of course a lot she looks over and notices he's kind of sleeping or whatever and she's still just laying there and she she kind of whispers thanks Gertie," and then she just kind of lays there
3: so laying there you realize how absolutely exhausted you are oh yeah even though you had some, like, some healing, and that dwarf that you guys met in the forest helped you out, and when he kind of gave you some healing power, it, uh, it really helped your strength and helped your, your exhaustion, you're still exhausted. Mm-hmm. And as you're now laying in this comfy bed, just moments within lying down, not even meaning to, you, you fall asleep. Nice. Falling asleep, you sort of dream like you normally would. Everything's pretty normal. Um, You know, you'll really notice it. You're you're in one of those sort of like completely conked out, almost too tired to dream type sleeps. And then you awake suddenly to the sound of uh, something being sat down on the table beside you, like a loud clink. Hello? You look around and you're in the room where you have been. Smokey is lying on the couch. His head is draped over it drooling still there's still the dim light of the lamps shining in here but the light is different it's not shining the same color that it was it's shining a sort of weird bluish color and seated at the table is a dwarf she's got long gray hair pulled back in a tight braid going all the way down her back and she has sat down a big plate of food on the table with a big spread of meats. And she turns and she says, Ah, you're awake. Well, why don't you come and eat with me, won't you, mogurt
2: Sure. And she gets up and walks over there, kind of confused.
3: Oh, don't you act silly toward me. Come, give Gertie a hug. What? And... That is where we're going to end this week's episode.
0: As soon as he said it, that I was like, "Is oh. illegal.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: I mean, I knew who that's what it was going to be.
3: Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, go leave us a five star review. Hit us up on email. You know, our email, by the way, is letters at makebelieveheroes.com. We're on Twitter at MBH Podcast. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MBH Podcast. And we're on Instagram at MBH Podcast. Hit us up on there. Let us know what you think. Uh, We hope that you're enjoying Season 4. But to find out what happens with Gertie and all those crazy wolves in the wilderness, you'll have to tune in next week. Oh, and before I forget, I wanted to give a shout-out to one of our patrons. The half-wood elf ranger, Soren that you met in this episode, is actually an NPC creation from one of our patrons, Darius Gordon. Thank you, Darius, for creating Soren, and we look forward to seeing more from him in the very near future. Thanks for listening. Bye. We love you. We don't. Bye. Wait, we do. I meant to say we do. I'm sorry. I love you. You're beautiful. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)
1: Spaghetti.